Turn with me. I'm just going to turn this all around. Turn with me to John chapter 5, verses 1 through 19. I'm reading from a New American Standard. <laughs> Brooke, I, yeah, I caught that where you like, oh, I'm going to teach, and I hope Jim's listening. I, I watched it yesterday. It was a, Brooke taught last week on Ephesians chapter 4 from a New American Standard version. Okay. Uh, John 5, 1 through 19. Now, this, is, this was one of the alternative verses for, from the lectionary uh, for today. And um, I just thought I'd go over there and read it, and now it caught me, kind of. Okay, I'm just going to read down and make some comments on this verse. I'm going to pray. Lord, uh, I called you, Lord, and, and I'm sure that's the Holy Spirit probably said, don't take that word lightly. You are, Lord. We may not know we're desperate. We're, we're desperate to hear from you. Each of us. If not right now, then later. Maybe later today. Maybe, maybe in 15 minutes. You, you are marvelous. Speak to us, Lord. Where each of us are. Whatever message you have for us. And then as a body gathered together of believers, speak to us as a body. Just like Brooke taught last week of, from Ephesians 4 and the different areas that you, you communicate to us by your spirit through each other. In Jesus' name, amen. So it picks up, and, and John does. And he starts telling this story. Verse 2. Now there in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda. And it's got five porches on it, around it. And in these lay a multitude of those who were sick and blind and lame and withered. And then the New American Standard adds, uh, uses some of the verses that are in some of the early translations. They don't all use this, but we'll go ahead and read it. They were waiting for the waters, moving of the waters, and for an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. And whoever then was first after the stirring up of the water stepped in was made well from whatever disease from which they were afflicted. Now, whether it happened that way or not, exactly, it's, it's listed here. And verse 5, a man was there who had been ill for 38 years. This, 38 years, this, this he, he's, he's no longer would, if we could talk to him in person, just talking to him, there wouldn't be uh, the separating of his before and after. 38 years, and this is who you are. You can't separate the condition from, from how life is for you. This is all he's known all in, in that sense. 38 years is long enough. To, it's, a, it's a permanent mindset. It's a, this is the place. Verse 6, and when Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he'd already been there a long time in this condition, he says to him, do you wish to get well? 
And the sick man answered him. He didn't just straightforward answer him like, yes, like blind Barmatus. You know, he says, Jesus is walking by, and he starts yelling out, son of David. You know, I mean, we know what he wanted. (laughs) Well, go get him. Come bring him here. What can I do for you? I want to see. You mean he's, but this guy is in a different, he's in a different situation. Sir, I, I have no man, verse 7, to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus says to him, get up, pick up your pallet and walk. Immediately, the man became well and picked up his pallet and began to walk. Now, now this was on the Sabbath. Now, that's a big deal. Because on Sabbath, a Jewish person can only walk so many feet that's acceptable distance. So you had to make sure you weren't going on trips, you weren't doing stuff. If you were going to your grandmother's house, you made sure that you were in the acceptable walking distance on Sabbath. Okay? So that's all the other Jewish people around there, especially all those that know the law really well, which is just about everybody. Verse 10, so the Jews were saying to the man who was cured, it's the Sabbath. It's not permissible for you to carry your pallet. And he answered them, he said, he who made me well was the one who said to me, pick up your pallet and walk. It's not my idea. It was the guy that made me well. And they asked him, well, who is the man who said to you, pick up your pallet and walk? I'm sure they said this with great tenderness. You know, it was so touching to them. But the man who was healed didn't know who it was. For Jesus had slipped away while there was a crowd in that place. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, Behold, you have become well. Do not sin anymore so that nothing worse happens to you. So this is not every time, but, but possibly something in his past that there's a, it could be a sin thing that was tied to him getting sick because you know this is an interesting thing to say to someone after they've been healed verse 15 the man went away and told the jews that it was jesus who had made him well and for this reason the jews were persecuting jesus this is one reason but they were persecuting jesus because he was doing these things on the sabbath and he answered them now here's the think for us today my father is working until now and I myself am working and for this reason therefore the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because he not only was breaking the Sabbath but he also was calling God his own father making himself equal with God okay yeah, yeah. but today my father is working until now and I myself am working verse 19 Therefore, Jesus answered and was saying to them, truly, truly, and you know, whenever he doubles it, because there's only a few words in Greek, that means this is really important. I didn't say truly one time. I said it twice. You know, the only way you could make it even more important was triple it, because they only got 10,000 words in Hebrew, and they're not like the, Jew, uh, with the, with the Koine Greek with 100,000 words. So, so they do a doubling or a tripling. So that's when, 
like the angel says, holy, holy, holy. That's the biggest thing you can say about something in Hebrew. You tripled it. So whenever he says truly, truly, that doubling of something, this is, this is a bigger deal than if he just said truly one time. I know, I know you know that, but truly, truly, I say to you, the Son of Man can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, these things the Son also does in like manner. So here's the place when I met the people in the vineyard all those years ago was the pivot. I watched John Wimber teach a room full of people how to do this. Taking all the risk that it is implied, but it was worth it. John would, in, in, because he used the spiritual gifts that God had were developed in him, John could kind of tell stuff. So he would start what he'd call it clinic, a, a show and tell time. You know, like you bring your parakeet or your goldfish in a bag, you know. And, and so John would say, okay, Holy Spirit, we would like for you to uh, point out today what you want to do. And he would wait for a moment, and he would do something like, well, is there some I think there's eight women in here. On the other time, he might go, is there someone here named Phyllis? He'd do, just like that, you know, in the room, like a thousand people. He might have got five or six Phyllises, you know, and he would bring them up, and, he, and he's using it to train us, and so then they'd stand across to him and say, so we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come on these women, and we're going to also ask that all of you watching like this is the first time, maybe it's not the first, but, but, but if you, so we're going to say, Holy Spirit, come and show people who you're wanting to work with. And then they would all be standing there, and he said, just be comfortable, I know this is awkward, thank you very much for coming up here, you didn't have to come, you know, all that stuff. He'd make a joke usually or something, make, try to make it. And we would stand there, the rest of us are all looking, like we don't even know what we're looking for. We just know we're looking, you know. And then sometimes, not always, but sometimes there would be like one person would just start something. Like I've, you know, they would, I wouldn't, there's like, I don't know, 20 things that people seem to respond. It's not that you have to, it's just that when the Holy Spirit comes, we're all wired a little differently. And like, one of them might just start swaying a little bit. And I'm thinking, is that important? Are they getting tired? Maybe it's their knees. You, you, you don't know. Why are they swaying? And, and, and then someone else would close their eyes. And then, and then John would help after a moment or two of that going. And he goes, well, now the Holy Spirit is on the second lady from the end right now. And what was fascinating is listening to... Um, Alan Scott years ago over in, in Ireland, and then some with uh, Randy Clark, maybe? Uh, no, let's see. Who is another guy who's been using healing the last few years? I've gone blank for that. 
No, it was it was uh, it's somebody that goes around and's been used a lot in the last few years. So let's just say it's Randy Clark, even the because I'm sure Randy's done this. But but anyway, uh, and I'm getting uh oh, I'm about to lose wherever that was, and I have to go somewhere else. Why was I mentioning that? Uh, John would uh, say, oh oh, this person noticed that when when they would call attention to the spirit being in the room on one person the spirit would start breaking out across the room his presence and and then not just this person on the stage it'd be a person on the top row far back corner all of a sudden and and this person was very good at 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 keeping up with the room because after all if it's the holy spirit and this is what he wants to do which he he has his own will. You know, he's like the wind. He comes and goes. We don't know what he's doing. But, but if in the moment he were to be starting to do healing, even here, just us talking about this, if you start having um, any sensation that you weren't having a few minutes ago, let me know. Let us know. I mean, I, I know it's a nervy thing. You don't have to. I'm just saying, you know, if that happens. And as this would go on and he would start demonstrating, he'd walk over and, and uh, not touch them. He said, because used to, they say, well, you pushed them. You know? <laughs> he would just put his hand in the air above them, and the spirit would start increasing. And then he would say, okay, so the spirit's increasing. Now I want you all to try something. If you will just all extend your hand toward this lady, the second one on the end here, you just, from wherever you're sitting, you don't, don't just say anything out loud. You, you don't have, I mean, you know, let's just put your hand out and bless her in Jesus. It would, it would increase. The presence would increase. So what that says is, is that we have it kind of in our head of how we think God works. But, you know, he, he has his own interesting ways of doing things. Like when you start reading about Moses, you can kind of think, well, if I'd been Moses, I would have thought this. And it's, it's sort of like, you know, you'd think it, and then all of a sudden he'd do something different. I go, wow, huh, I didn't think God would, that was weird. He did this, and I thought he would do that. And it's the same way when we start praying for people. Just because the last time you prayed for a person, they started shaking. It doesn't mean this time they'll start shaking. You know, I, 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 and it's not like I'm just giving you illustrations. Like over in the other building, one one night, it was one of my students, uh, a student I had from Hoax Bluff, and he'd come to visit, and uh, he was leaning against that those wooden walls that Christian Bros had put up with all the nice wood, but all the nice splinters there, there, and so he was, he was, he said, Jim, you got a moment? And this is after things are closing down. We were meeting in the evening, and uh, he said, I would really like to do evangelism i just don't have the nerve to pray for people would you pray for me that i'll just have more nerve well sure now part of my habit is i close my eyes because i get distracted so i put my hand just i said it's okay to touch you top of the head you know i put my finger on top of his head and i started praying with my eyes shut lord will you just i can't remember what his name is i can see his face now but anyway george well will you just would you just increase evangelism with george and give him encounters 
in evangelism, set him up appointments. Well, somewhere right about there, you know how it feels that you got your hand resting on somebody's head. Well, I didn't feel a head anymore. I opened my eyes, and he had slid down that wall with those splinters all the way to his sitting position on the floor, and the whites of his eyes were showing all the way around. So his most controlled way of saying something, he said, does this happen often? I said, sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes you just can't stand up when you pray for people. I mean, you're being prayed for. And uh, he got, you know, he quit like his eyes were so big. And, and, and he said, well, well, thank you very much. And, and I said, you're w- welcome. Uh, God undoubtedly may want to do something. I guess we'll find out. I don't see him for like three years. I'm in a Jack's in Southside. And there he is. He goes, Jim, hey, I haven't seen you in like since that night you slid down the wall. Yeah, let me tell you what happened. He said, I, 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 I had been raised uh, in a Baptist church over uh, in, in Hoax Bluff. And, uh, and, we, and I had never done anything. Nothing like that had ever happened to me before. But you know what happened? I fell in love with a Pentecostal girl. I mean, the church that she went to, when they started enjoying God, they actually ran up and down the pews. I mean, this was something that they liked to do, or even run across the top of the pews. Uh, everybody's got stuff that they like doing, you know? So, so he says, so this was his, like, so that that happened that night, I was scared to death, but you know, wow, that's just really normal to me now. How was that for getting off wherever? Okay, so th- it's the same stuff right here, though, where, where, uh, where he's, Jesus is saying, Dad, Father, is working right now. Y- y'all just don't know what he's doing. And he says, and I'm working right now. Now, what's the connection? I saw the guy laying down over there. And I went over and asked him, does he want to get healed? Because Father is sort of like an earpiece in Jesus. I mean, he's like, he's in touch. But you and I hear, sometimes we hear better, sometimes than other times. For me, sometimes hearing what to do, after it's all over and God showed up. Of course, when he doesn't show up, you sometimes he shows up and you don't even know it, and the person doesn't tell you, and you find out a year later or something. Just go ahead and pray for people. Yeah, one, one guy told that when I early on praying for people, Blaine Cook, he says, look, pray for people. Even if nothing happens with you or the person, they'll feel loved because you cared enough to go over and offer to pray for them. We can't lose. We can only lose if we walk away from a prompt. Now, the prompt for all of you is a variety of prompts. And one of the ones with me, I always just do this because it's not like he's really pulling on my shirt, but there's just this pull. It's not like, Jim, this is God, the one who talked to Noah about building an ark. He, he does. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he does. It, 
I wish it, yes, yes. Why can't it be that easy? Oh, no. No, it's usually like uh, just I look up. I was playing with Phyllis, not Phyllis is smiling. We go way back, so it's it's like that. It's like if I look up and I see Phyllis, and it's just like that. I know that means go toward Phyllis. And then I might, if I don't have anything, I might say, "Could I pray for you? May I pray for you?" Or or I might go, "Do you have anything you won't pray for?" And then you know, it like that. And okay, so you're gonna have to be if if you want to have a little bit of adventure with the Holy Spirit and with our Father's will and with and Jesus' will, then ask him to show you, pull you, give you an appointment with somebody. And it's true of us where he says down there, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. You can't. You can't heal anybody. If, I, if, you, if you think you can, then we need to talk because witchcraft is just right next door. You know, it's just right there. Do I want to go where I'm thinking? Without judging people, but you will run into other Christians that are well-meaning and they're going to pray for you or for somebody else in front of you right there and they're going to pray it and they're going to sign off on the end of the prayer with in Jesus' name. And it all sounded good except it was really just their personal thing that they wanted to do. They, Some way we get it in our head Sometime, and it can happen to all of us just because it's not happening right now. An hour from now, you could be praying your will over somebody because you just want it so badly. And you sign Jesus' name to it. And Jesus, it really wasn't signed off by Jesus. Now, he loves you anyway, and we do this. But the Times he gets the glory is when you were almost, you weren't even kind of there, sort of. You were just doing it. I have seen the most fantastic encounters of God when on my part, I didn't really even want to be part of this. Two people would say, hey, Jim, come over and pray with us. I don't really want to. I want to go to lunch. I want to lock up. I wish you'd go home. I could close the doors. You know, it, that's just really where I was. And you walk over there and you say, eh, okay, what's the problem? Well, they, they got that, you know, and you're, you know, and the other two are praying and, and, and then you go, yeah, in Jesus' name, come and, and then boom. And, you go. and after that's all over, if you're like me, you're extremely humbled. Like, oh, gosh. Oh gosh, and I wanted to go to lunch. 
And I wanted to lock up and everybody leave. And I was all like, oh, what? And I was just being soulish. And I would have missed that moment. I, I wouldn't have gotten to be a part of that. So humility is a really big part of this. You're all on call. You've all been like, you know, raise your right hand. You've been deputized by Jesus, the Son of God. You're in the family business. 24 hours, 24-7. It's, you're always on call. You can't put on your Jesus phone and tell it to turn off at 8 o'clock until 5 a.m. This thing never goes off. Because you never know when he's going to say, Hey, Phyllis, I'll be God for a minute. Phyllis, go down to Straight Street. There's a guy named Saul that's going to start working for me. I need you to pray for him. He persecutes people. Just go on down to Straight Street. I had all these neat verses about revelations and the ocean and all kind of stuff, and there's like no time for any of that. Uh, <laughs> I know that sounded like Karen, but I know you when you're talking. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Okay, well. Make a comment. Say something. Or, or I can tell you these. All the, the the passages went went to Revelation at the end of it, you know, and it, and and uh, like in chapter twenty one where it says, um, and they'll and uh, my wife was uh, was telling me y'all been going through the Bible and you got to the part at the very end, uh, and uh, Brooke's wife Jennifer. The part it says, and, there's, and there was no more sea. And she went, ah, oh, no more ocean. <laughs> That's what she said roughly, right? Yeah. Yeah, it says in chapter 21 of Revelation, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there was no, no longer any sea. But maybe it's not the way the sea is now. Because I went back and went to Ezekiel 47. And you know, first you got the tabernacle, a tent, and then you got a temple, and you got a door. And in Ezekiel, under a prophetic anointing, he says, And I saw water coming out from under the door. And it started going down the steps. And they went out and said, measure it, a thousand cubics. And it was ankle deep. Go out another thousand cubics. It goes out another thousand into the water, and it's waist deep. Another thousand, and it's here. The fourth time, it's so deep that you can't touch bottom. And it says, on either side of this river, there were trees growing. And the trees had different fruit on them at different times. 
and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. And when you get to Revelation, at the very end, it's the very same thing that the prophet Ezekiel saw. There is water running down. Chapter 22, the very last chapter. He showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of the street, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There's the, it, again, and there was no longer any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. Bond servants will serve him, and they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And there will no longer be any night, and there will no longer be a need of the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illuminate them, and they will reign forever and ever. We have to put up with a lot of stuff, because this is the now. God might show up right now, and the not yet. Where this has not happened yet, but it's coming. It's a Sunday closer. It's a day closer. It's an hour. It's a minute. The minutes that I've been standing up here, you're closer to this event than you were when I started. And no matter what happens in this country, in whatever country, and during your lifetime, comfort each other. I mean, really, we need this. We don't know what's next. We went and watched our, our grandkids play in water with a hose. They had a great time. They ate, eight years old. They're eight years old, David and Daniel. They're autistic. They had a great time playing the water. And occasionally they can say a word. And Daniel helped David the other day. It was very entertaining to us, but it was a learning thing because usually they kind of live in their own universe. And David didn't like his supper that night. And he was starting to make noises like, and, but Daniel was having a good time. And he had a plate full of French fries. And he took a handful of French fries and stuffed them in David's mouth. That was great. Social interaction. <laughs> Not two little boys playing beside each other in their autistic universe. No, no. Daniel was there. It was his words was, Shut up, David, I'm enjoying this. Fill his mouth full of French fries. That was great. And then seeing him play in water and just so enjoyed water and so enjoyed playing the hose and so enjoyed soaking all of us. One of these days, they're going to be okay. One of the days, we're going to all be okay. All of our family, all of our friends, all of our relatives, we're all going to be okay. But not yet will be now. 
But until then, let's don't give up. Let's pray for people. Let's keep our eyes and ears open. Let's take a risk. And some of you watching this later, it's for you too. Take a risk. Don't quit. We celebrate, you know, Pentecost. Thursday is Ascension Day, the 40 days after Easter. Thursday on the calendar is the day that Jesus lifted off. And the angels are talking to him. Why are you boys standing looking up at the sky? Just like he left, he's coming back. And then he also told the disciples, don't leave town until you receive the Holy Spirit, which is 50 days on the 50th Pentecost. But you have the Holy Spirit now. So this morning, anyone that needs more of your presence, Holy Spirit, just needs their batteries charged, they've they've used up all their spiritual energy, you are the wind of God. You are the third person of the Godhead. You come. You are like flames of fire. For You come and empower. And sometimes we, it's not important that we can't stand up. It's just we can't stand up sometimes. You come. You fill in this room and those that watch. Fill with your spirit. Hope. Your presence. Your healing. Deliver us if we need to be delivered of something. Change our behaviors if you need to change our behaviors. Come, Holy Spirit. Come in Jesus' name. Thank you for this Lord's day. Father, we hope we've honored you and honored Jesus the King. Thank you, Holy Spirit, never leaving us and directing us all the time. Even when we don't see it, we don't know it. Thank you. You're our comfort, our companion, our best friend. Thank you for today. Amen.